Welcome to this stripped down know nothing podcast focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they're permissive or draconian, from celebrity to am I the only one, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. He's my girlfriend. He's Leonardo. He's my idea of hell. It's my co host, Evan. The lady at the concierge is his favorite high school teacher, my co host, Saker. Wow. Do you have a favorite high school teacher? I do. Teacher? I do, but it's a man, Mr. Okay. Mr. Kennedy. Mr. Kennedy, yeah, what did he do? He was a cool, like, he had like a ponytail and like a biker mustache and he rode a Harley and- To school? To school. Yeah, no he, like, he was like a biker, had a leather jacket. Hold on, I'm going to guess his subject. Social studies. English. English! Yeah, English. Yeah, beat poet, sort of. Yep, yep, yep. I can yep. see Kerouac he style. A, he was very chill, sort of laid back and like the last day of class he would get out his guitar and sing songs to us. No way. Yeah. What a douchebag. <laughs> hey, who was your favorite high school teacher? Um, Mrs. I... Flemp. <laughs> she was the linguistics coach for my debate my team. My mathletes. Um, mine is probably Mr. Ford. Mr. Ford. Oh, yeah. He of the Ford car fame. Uh-huh, that's correct. He would, uh, it was during his class that I saw the Twin Towers falling. Oh, no. How did he, how did he put that in context? Um, know that he did i think we all just sort of watched quietly he as things fucking flipped out through a chair through the tv and he says no one no one touches america like this we were on the third floor and he jumped out Ripped the window up. and then he just kept going up yeah. it wasn't like flying he just ascended it was very strange yeah and he's never been seen yeah, since and the clouds parted to let him in and um vengeance was dealt to Osama bin Laden. He was he was with SEAL Team Six when Osama bin Laden was brought down. That's one hundred percent correct. Yes, um, Mr. Forward, SEAL Team Six. The, the SEAL Team Six was like you're like an AI summarizing the conversation. SEAL Taker and Evan well, were talking was, about <laughs> SEAL Team Six and Mr. Forward. I was saying that like SEAL Team Six. Uh, when there there were six six sets of footprints in the sand, and then there were five. <laughs> and they say, "Where was Mr. Ford?" He said, "That's where I carried you, SEAL Team Six. Wait, so there's not one set of footprints, Mr. Ford's. There's five. They're all carrying Mr. Ford. Yes. All right, so he there, fell down. There were six sets of footprints, then there were seven. Oh. That's when Mr. Ford descended from <laughs> descended from heaven. There were six set of footprints, then there were seven. seven. That's when Mr. Ford descended from heaven. Oh, you're writing a 2D6 song. Oh, I'm getting ready, yeah. This is like a chat GPT generative AI <laughs> bouncing in the house, baby. Bouncing oh, in the motherfucking house. God, it, I... I really would love them to put Bouncing on the House on their next album. Like, I feel like, because they're listening, right? Yeah, they gotta of be. Of course they are. They gotta be. Um, do you think they I enjoy- I they can't not hear us. Do you think that we are penetrating every inch of their being? Yeah, yeah. I think that we vibrate. It's like one of those like mics that like vibrates in your skull. Right, right. Like vo- we have a, our, our vibrational frequencies or our voice reach across the national divide to Toronto, Ontario, to Jim's house, which is at the corner of- <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking docks themselves. Get out, get out on fucking uh, narrow yeah. streets. <laughs> um, we did spread have... the blankets on the lawn. Get off it strong. Spread the blankets on the lawn. Oh, that was the lyric. Yeah. Oh, I fucking have lost that to my memory hole. How often do you in listen between to narrow Dundas streets? and Queen? Okay, get off it strong. That's Put the blankets on the lawn. Unreal. Whoa, oh, whoa, oh. How often are you listening to narrow streets? Like once. A quarterly day, a day okay every my... fiscal quarter no, you it listen comes to... up like once or twice on my mix it's on my mix once a day once i mean not once a day probably once a week okay that's narrow, still streets. a wild amount to listen to narrow streets I well feel unlike like. your mix my mix only has like 400 songs on it so it it hits the i know you've got forty thousand songs or something that's literally forty thousand songs yeah. how do you find variety in your life 
Uh, I would argue that probably my list of 400 songs has more musical variety in it than your 40,000 song list does. Excuse me? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of songs? You have Gregarian folk chants. Yep. Go on. You have Pine Hill Haints music. Yep. Folk music. And that's it. Uh, Those are the only two genres you rock, metal, all of it. Wow. Classical. You made three genres. Classical, folk, different, six different types of folk. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. You like folk music? Yeah. And three of its albums. (laughs) Three of its albums? Uh Uh-huh. Pine Hill Haints. Great. Wow, the one I said. Oh, wow, great job. Uh, (laughs) Mostly F-Rich. You mean three folk bands? I can name three folk bands. Okay. Um... Huh. Old McDonald had a fart. Old McDonald is one. Yes. Okay. They're great. Uh, the Wheels on the Bus. The Wheels on the Bus are fucking amazing. Yeah, they rule. Did you have you seen them live? Have you oh, yeah. Oh, they were at Kemba. Yeah, they do that they do the thing where they get on the stage and spin. And they got they <laughs> those, like remember those like fucking gyroscopes that yeah. were like everywhere in the eighties and nineties, and then this somebody must have gotten their head cut off or something, because they're just <laughs> gone now. They fell on a mountain. Uh if if there were a band that exclusively played in gyroscopes the whole time, that would be on the <laughs> Fucking vomiting. <laughs> you have to get wheeled off stage. I mean, that's their, it's an easy place for them to do it. Just Seemed like a really good idea in our 20s, but now we're in our 50s. Please make it stop. See, that, Ed, that is a monkey's paw. That's that's a great perspective to take, Ed. What if you're in a band that's constantly gyroscoping? What if you're a human dynamo? <gasps> dynamo, 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 dynamo. I'm going my nose. Uh, is. <laughs> oh, it's like the Beverly Hillbillies theme song. <laughs> pizza, that is. This episode brought to you by the Domino's Pizza Box. I, it's new and improved. Ooh, they Just give it a try. The box. <laughs> give <it a> try. <laughs> what did they do? Please give it a try. What What is makes the box better? Um, They pump nitrogen into it. <laughs> okay. So the pizza gives comes you a, to you. Gives you a smoother experience. It keeps oh. the pizza warmer. Oh, nitro. Yeah, it's a smooth <laughs> pizza. <laughs> you can just straight up swallow And it. it makes it, the driver go faster. Oh, Everyone nice. knows NOS speeds you up. What? Wait, are those the same nitros? Yeah. That you make smooth beer and make cargo fast? I mean, it's nitrogen, yes. Ah! NO2. That's an element. That's an element. <laughs> Holy shit. I recognize that. Um, I don't like You're that- a teacher. I don't like- Saker <laughs> just gave the teacher a smile. I don't and like- And then grew a mustache in front of me. It was weird. My son- can recognize corporate logos. We drove by Domino's. He's like, that's Domino's pizza. That's my favorite pizza. Like, not only can he recognize logos, he has brand allegiance. I'm more frustrated by the fact that Domino's is his favorite pizza. Brother, we don't buy him $17 Harvest Pizzeria pizza. (laughs) My fucking kid gets not that good pizza either. What does your kid get? Marco's mostly. Okay. What's different about Marco's and Domino's? Marco's is better. All right. You've proven <laughs> your point. <laughs> Great job. All right. Well, I don't know. Domino's is like a mid to low tier pizza for me. It's like Little Caesars. Well, well, Papa John's, I just won't eat. It's gross. It's gross to me. I the sauce try is too sweet. that calzone stuffed crust pizza. What's the difference between a calzone stuffed crust pizza know, and a regular I don't know, but the commercials make it look so good. They make little mini calzones and Maybe, squirt them in there. I don't know. But see, the thing is, my son doesn't like sauce. So that when we order a pizza... Sense. It's basically just cheese bread for him. That's good. To get get some cheesy salsa. breads. Just get him cheesy bread. Yeah. So we don't want to order any more anything more expensive than a little Caesars. That's fair. I mean, you don't want to waste a fucking pizza on a kid. Exactly. Right. Yes. My kid like doesn't like any toppings on it, so they want their own cheese pizza. I'm like, fuck that. I'm just gonna pick the toppings off whatever piece you get. Wow. But the residual flavors. They don't. They're they're never noticed. Inlo- inoculating your child to yeah to, mushrooms fl- to flavors. And anchovies and Ugh, anchovies. Yeah. <sighs> 
Did you? I thought anchovies on pizza were going to be a bigger problem for me when I became an adult, <laughs> based on my childhood. Media based on like, based on literally based every piece. Like, oh, anchovies! Oh no! Like it was a big thing in the eighties. Yeah, like the, the anti-anchovy reactionary, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, like knee jerk. All the turtles hated them. Yeah, they did. Like Michelangelo would ch- snarf down some anchovies. Michelangelo would eat marshmallow and gummy bear pizza. Michelangelo would just eat whatever fucking shit you slopped yeah. in front of him. Slop- you make it circular, and he will he will chow down. What a real piece of shit Michelangelo was. I'm surprised Michelangelo wasn't like putting on a lot of weight. I'm surprised Michelangelo made it to teenagehood. I'm surprised he didn't die of childhood obesity or well, diabetes. He's, he's like, I mean, I don't know. Their I guess their metabolism is very different than ours. I watched the movie Old last night. Old? You didn't Old. watch Bo is Afraid? We watched both. I'm very sorry for you. Bo is Afraid ruled. Wow. It was awesome. It was so good. Wow. <laughs> Did you not like it? It was very much like Skin and Marink for me. Wow. Where it was just sort of a stream of consciousness. Like, I'm going to, spoilers for Bo is Afraid. I'm going to go up and uh, symbolically fight my own penis in a attic. Movie's how, over. How Bye. much did that fucking rule? But not at there all. There was still like twenty minutes left after <sighs> he fought his own penis in the attic. <laughs> I just don't like those like sort of like fever dream movies. They're not I really fun them. for me. See, but it, see, that unlike, surprises me. Unlike Skinamarink, this one had a through line because of A B. Because I got into a car accident, and I'm being rehabilitated at this maniac's house. Because I ran from the maniac's house, and I find myself at this theater troupe in the woods. Because where Skinamarink was just like the toilet's gone, shrug. Okay, great. This is a movie. It has a. It doesn't have a it doesn't have a cause and effect through line. It has a uh, m- movement through line. Like he moves from a space into another space. It, it was divided into like five acts. Yeah, yeah. and that the, they don't have relations to each other. Not because he escapes from the maniac house. Know. That theater troupe isn't there because he escapes from the maniac's house. That theater troupe is just there. Now you're right. It's like rolling on a random encounter table. <laughs> now you're right. But the same guy's doing. But it. also, we do learn about Bo as we move forward. We learn about his past, his I relationship mean, with his mother, his relationship with his childhood love. Joaquin Phoenix is a good actor, He's and Ari Aster is a good director. <laughs> I mean, I didn't like Midsommar. I didn't like, I don't like any of his movies, <laughs> personally, but they're good movies. We need to get to this week's song. What are we Do, Hey, I was literally of, fucking queuing you up and you were just, you just kept spiking it back in my face, you piece of shit. Speaking of dream logic, <laughs> let's get to this week's song. This week's song is called The Dream Hotel, and if you've never heard it before, here is a quick sample. My girlfriend, me and my girlfriend, we're staying at the Dream Hotel. From Thursday through to Monday, we're staying at the Dream Hotel. In New York, it's fabulous, so beautiful this time of year. A DJ's playing good music. Ebo, the Dream Hotel, it's a Cav Jam. This is made, like, fucking tailor-made for Evan Dickin. Yeah. Like, if I've ever heard an Evan Dickin song. This is a good one. Um, It's not my preferred Kev Jam, but this is, like, again, top top 10 Kev songs. 83 lines. 52 of them are either Dream Hotel or Monsieur Mademoiselle. Okay. There are 421 words in this okay. song. Okay. 70 of them are Dream. 36 of them are Hotel. <laughs> eight of them are Monsieur and eight of them are Mademoiselle. That's 30% of the song. <laughs> Jesus Christ. If I add in two, the Dream Hotel, that brings up to 40% of the song. Jesus Christ. Okay. But that's, you want a catchy chorus. I, again, I'm not complaining. Like, I know what I, as soon as I, I could scan the lyric sheet and be like, oh, Kev. Easily. Yeah. Easily, Kev. Yeah. If it's 50 lines of the same. <laughs> yeah. You want the repeated, the repetition equals Kev. You're right. Um, but is it necessarily Kevitition. a bad thing? Because Kev knows how to make a no, this is a great song. catchy tune. Fucking yeah. fucking caught caught me. 
caught me. I'm at the Dream Hotel. I'm at the Hotel California. Oh, welcome. The- <laughs> <laughs> to the you know, previously Take mentioned. Yeah, okay. Um, it had a very Hotel California vibe, especially towards the end of the song for me. Because it like the Hotel California is a fucking long ass song that, okay. that starts out good and then ends bad. Not bad like musically, but like it's good for everybody there. Like we're all having a good time and like, oh no, we're there forever and we're stuck there and Leonardo's fucking my girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> when he said Leonardo, what Leonardo did you think? There's a party in the lobby. There is always a happening party. Leonardo's at the party. Did you see him there at the party? Caprio. I thought of the, the, the painter and oh. the turtle. And like when the track by track, he's like Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio was there. And I'm like, fuck. I didn't even remember Leonardo DiCaprio was a person. Unreal. I think that you thought of the Renaissance painter before you thought of the pop culture he figure. put that fucker in there when he was talking about wild dogs running through the hall and pancakes in the park. A giant wall of pancakes. So I'm like, he's just saying things. Like whatever <laughs> fucking pops into his head. Like it doesn't matter. Well, okay, so here's here's the problem. This, I, I even wrote in my notes, Leonardo is DiCaprio, right? Unless it's the turtle. So DiCaprio was the first Leonardo I thought of. Okay. But here's the problem, is that I did this like you told me to do it last time around. Yeah. Which is, I listened to the song before I listened to the track That's the track. way to do it. So I had all these interpretations and thoughts and ideas. That's great. And then guess what? I fucking listened to the track by track, and he explained them all. So all of my ideas were thrown out the window. They're all wrong. But they're not wrong. They, the artist ain't dead. No death of the artist here. <laughs> that artist is Your alive. Your interpretation is just as valid interpret- as Kevin's. No, absolutely not. Kev is the end all be all for the Dream Hotel because was it my dream? No. It was I'm gonna say dream. for the next song you shouldn't listen to the track by track at all. It's the last. So- well, I mean, too late because we're recording <laughs> these two at a time, right? Well, get it out of your head. <laughs> okay. I'm asking you to get it out of your head. To get it out of your head. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. I. I am asking you <laughs> to get it out of your head. Can't wait till we get to that song. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. So like, I I didn't understand. I kind of didn't understand the sequence of events uh, until I listened to the track by track. Right? The track by track really ruined it for me. How so? Because it explained it. It wasn't. It it made something that was sort of like fun and sort of dreamy and like. Over with, with a lot of with a lot of interpretation, he's like, yeah. no, it's just a hotel we stayed at one time. That's what I was thinking. And everything that was in the song is just something I saw while I was walking through the hotel. Isn't that wild? And then I imagined my girlfriend was there, and then she went off with Leonardo DiCaprio. I saw Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> and it was a big to-do. It's just, it's wild that he has the ability to be so evocative with his music, and yet chooses to be as literal as possible instead of painting these pictures that he could be painting of wild scenarios. Yeah, it's just like a fucking... The song's about a bad hotel experience, and it shouldn't be about that. It should it should be it should stand on its own. Like I don't want him to explain that to me. I'd prefer just to have my own interpretation, where it's like sure. this fucking weird hotel California vibe. Where I mean, well, it's a bad hotel experience, but like there's a lot more. Yeah, underlying. there's a sinister undertone yeah. of, of something happening here at the Dream Hotel instead of it just being a shittily run hotel. Yes, Dream Hotel, more like the Scream Hotel. I mean, I did my fucking research and everything. I was like, New York, is there a hotel called the Dream Hotel in New York? Wow, there is. Wow, I feel like a genius. Kev saw the name the Dream Hotel once and was like, wouldn't it be wild if I dreamed of a hotel? And then he thought up this song and then I watched the track by track and I was like, okay, no, this is an experience they had. That sucks. It took away all the creativity. It did sound like a really shitty hotel to be in. 
as like yeah. a as like anyone who wasn't like just a party person. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. it had like a lobby bar and yeah. like a dance DJ in the lobby. I imagine like trying Very to like weird. fucking check into your room. What? Yeah. What? Like screaming into someone's <laughs> ear like you're on a fucking dance club. What? <laughs> um. Yeah, man. I don't know. It. I feel like I would have a lot of fun at the Dream Hotel unless I was on floor two. That's the only time you would have a bad time in the Dream Hotel. I feel like if that's happening on floor one, all the other floors are just as fucked. You think so? You think there's room parties? If there's a party in the lobby, there's no need for a room party. Room parties are because there's no I think the party. Dream Hotel is like 20 miles out of the city, and the only way you can get to is by a bus, and the bus only runs once a day. Well, buddy, I love your little it's flight. It's all of, open design. I love your flight of fancy, but I did fucking research for this song. And tell this me song about is about cold hard facts. Tell me about the Dream Hotel. Dream Hotel is in the middle of New York City, a stately 106-story manor. 100? Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, go on. Go on. Give me more facts. <laughs> um, I, I, man, it's having a having a party in the lobby is like a vaccine. You're inoculating yourself to room parties, right? If you want to have a room party, why? The alcohol's downstairs. All the DJs downstairs. You don't need that. It's can, a vaccine. You can have a party with your friend or friends in your room, or you can have a party on the street with random people. You can just go to a fucking. It's like having a hotel across the street from a dance club, but the dance club is below you instead you don't have to walk outside to get to it that's the only benefit of the fucking dream hotels dance club you know what we should do is we should no take the statue of liberty oh and yeah raise it up and put, put a, a dance, dance club, club underneath it. <laughs> and then a dave and buster's that's <laughs> not a bad idea i love in the drag by track by the way he says this was written on lanai which is useless yeah. to me well that's the the hawaiian island right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But then he, the best part to me is that he took off his sunglasses that he's been wearing in every other track of my track, and he goes, I'll take these off. Why were you wearing them, Kev? Because he uh, didn't want to be mind-controlled. <laughs> oh, but he doesn't mind talking about his own song while being mind-controlled? Yeah, he's safe while he's talking about his own work. I see. I just thought he was drunk or high throughout all the rest he of the He doesn't these. want any of the other ladies to see his eyes. Yeah, yeah. Now, I am being unnecessarily hard on this song. Yeah, no, I mean... That was the worst part of it for me, was him explaining what it was actually about. Like, it's like listening to, like, uh, It's All Been Done, and then, like, Steve going on, yeah, it was just a long fart I took once. <laughs> and I was like, well, now that I've done that, nothing worth living for. I want that experience. I want Steve to tell me that the flag was about the time that he had erectile dysfunction for a week. <laughs> the time that he, he went to uh, Waffle House team. and got a really bad, like, an exceptionally bad waffle. <laughs> That was good. You stuck the landing on that one. <laughs> really bad. Hold on. I'm not telling you how bad it is. But wait. Next. They put the hash browns on it. Ah, that? Mm, no. I'm out. <laughs> the waffles should be sweet. Hash browns should be savory. Speaking of waffles and hash browns, we got our wall of pancakes in this song. Yeah. Right? I love the, yeah. the way that Kev throws in that line because um, that he's like fucking talking in the bridge about like all the wild stuff that's happening there's dogs in the hallway in the hallway by the way wild dogs this is like a kev through line big oh, yeah. dogs, dogs barking dogs. dogs and he has that song about being a wild dog on the thin buckle album he doesn't um, like dogs or he likes dogs <laughs> hard to say he feels some he, way he about has an, he has an there's an energy they have an energy about <laughs> yeah, them that yeah, he's yeah. not he's not sure about um, but like, you know, he, he's building and building and like the hallway's a river and the teacher and then they're like sold out of broken hearts. And then there's a pause in the song and then he's like, and there's also a wall of pancakes. <laughs> I love that that line is delivered in <laughs> such a giant wall of pancakes in the park. <laughs> and the way it is, it's just like, he did a good job with that. It's very simple. Wild dogs running down the hallway, now the hallway is a river, and the lady at the concierge is your favorite. 
My favorite line is like when he starts, he's like, My girlfriend, me and my girlfriend. Like, <laughs> like, like, I forgot to mention my girlfriend. Like that, like, like sort of lyrical stutter was really fun for yes, me. Yes, it was. Um, so yeah, he explains in the track by track that uh like DiCaprio in this dream fucking stole his girlfriend away and slept with his girlfriend yeah. for the night, and then his girlfriend called him and was like, Hey, I'm staying at Leo's house. But it's said in a very weird way because I believe the exact lyric is uh, I woke up in the morning. There was a message on the telephone from my girlfriend, from from Leonardo. <laughs> Babe, I'm staying at the Dream Hotel. I woke up in the morning. There was a message on the telephone from my girlfriend from Leonardo. Babe, I'm staying at the Dream Hotel. So now it's my- the, the sequence of events here, right? Like, so DiCaprio's there, and then, like, she sleeps with DiCaprio, but she's saying she's at the Dream Hotel. But isn't I think that DiCaprio's where, at the Dream Hotel. But isn't that where he is? Yeah. So Kev stayed at the Dream Hotel. But she stayed in a different room. But, Ke- he's calling- but here's the thing. They were staying Thursday through Monday. Oh, right. And so they've been at the Dream Hotel for four days. Leo shows up on the last. Here's what I'm thinking. Leo okay. shows up on the last day. Kev's like, oh. On a Monday? Where's my Fucking Leo. He's got a busy schedule. Okay. Where's my girlfriend? And then he wakes up. She's gone. She's at Leo. She's in Leo's room. He's like, well, we're supposed to check out today, babe. And he's like, no, I'm staying with Leo. (laughs) Okay, okay. I just find it confusing. And she's saying, I'm staying at the Dream Hotel. Like, yeah, I know that's where I am too. (laughs) Where are you? What room are you in? Why are you not here? Um, Just very confusing, right? And then I thought maybe, oh, maybe is there a place called Leonardo? And there is. My girlfriend from Leonardo which is a city in New Jersey. Oh. I'm staying at the Dream Hotel. Is there a Dream Hotel in New Jersey? No, <laughs> there's not. I thought I was oh, on the It something. all fell apart. <laughs> um, I didn't think the Dream Hotel was in New York City until he told me it was in New York City. Like, I thought, because they were talking, like, it sounded very, very, like, Quebecois. Like, it's, yeah. they're saying, Monsieur Mademoiselle, there's a party in the lobby. I imagine, I just imagine that that uh, Gallic temperament of the Quebecois were... Uh, Gallic? Gallic. I've never heard of that. It's French. Oh. Gauls. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, are the Gauls known for partying? Yeah. The Gaul. Though. The lusty Gauls. Is that where that call comes from? Like I, the Gaul of, of... No. Okay. Gaul is G-A-L-L and Gaul is G- G-A-U-L. Yeah. Right. Gaul. Like Darth Gaul. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I thought I thought Kev saw the sign for Dream Hotel and, like, thought about what it must be. Like, there's a 24-7 party and Leo's there. And then he thought, but wouldn't it be funny if it were an actual dream? And then, like, but no, of course, it's all just real shit. But it, in a way, it is a dream because it mean, didn't he, happen. He does add, uh, yes, but he adds a bunch of, like, Kev's, like, A to B is had a bad hotel experience. Right yes. about the bad hotel experience. What? A to B. What if Leonardo was Leonardo was there? What if Leo slept with my girlfriend? <laughs> and then what if it was? What if dream actual dream? A B C. That's like that's like Kev's complete thought process. It is an A to C, but you can see the through line so perfectly <laughs> yeah. that it might as well be A to B. Yeah, yeah, it's silly. Kev's a silly little boy. Yeah, but it's a great song. He it gave, is. A he great gave song. us fucking magic. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think a lot of that is the musicality of it, right? Yes, and this is exactly what I wanted. 
earlier in the album, I'm like, I just want a song where Kev sees something and talks about it. <laughs> like, that's it. But it's weird. Because and I got it. And this is what I wanted. He's talking about it, but he's also imagining it. Usually, if he's describing a plant, he's like, it's green and it's leafy. But here he's like, it's green and it's leafy and it's slept with my wife. <laughs> like, he, there's a bit of, there's some level that he's taking it to where it's not just him describing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, on, it's still Kev, though. It's still like from Kev's perspective. Sure. Which is fine. Um, but I mean, it's a fun song. Yeah. Uh, musicality is fucking yeah, yeah. amazing. Man, yeah, the, the first like 30 seconds of this song are so fucking smooth. Like the opening horns and synth chords sound like like an old, like sort of like 1930s, like art, something like you're playing in like an art deco, like sure. fucking hotel. Like, yeah. I can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little rascal speech. <laughs> That's the first fucking song that came to my head. <laughs> it's good. Uh, I'm amazed you sang it accurately enough for me to recognize it. And then the uh, fucking strip, like Kev comes in on that stripped down piano singing. Mm-hmm. And then they add like, they slowly Jim's add like drums and synths. And Jim's then, like, bass comes in just chilling in the cut on the second part of the verse. What about that verse. like, like one finger snap every every Man, occasional. It's so good, yeah. And the uh, obviously the strings and horns. This had I was a sucker for all the the little concierge bell, ding! Like that's just a fucking cherry on top. Welcome to the dream hotel. I love that it was sort of dreamy, but also there was like a note of dissonance in it, like a sort of minor, minor key to sort of capture like the, like the, like just the unease sure. of the later, the latter half of the song. Like hmm. It was just well done. Yeah. I don't, I didn't catch that, but, um, I, it wasn't, it wasn't really dreamlike for me until the bridge, like the bridge really like lyrically and musically. Yeah. Well, because he's not describing a dream, he's describing something he saw until then. <laughs> so you're right. Yeah. And then it gets a little silly afterwards. I think the one thing I didn't like was Ed repeating Welcome to the Dream Hotel because it, oh. t- it kind of took me out of the song a little bit. You didn't want any Ed. You just well, here's the thing. Out. Also, we asked for we're like, are there songs where everybody or like, different BNL boys have lines in it? And this is one of them. That's not what I asked. What I asked was, are there any where they share the singing duties? Uh, I, I, I think on a lot of songs, we have backup vocals by, you know, the other members of the band. I don't think that's weird. But I want like a two-hander, right? I want a fucking like duet. A call, a, a call and response? The most duet we've ever had in BNL, I feel like, is Some Fantastic and One Week. Like, Stunt yeah. was the, the... And I mean, I don't think it was uncommon between... And Pinch Me, too. Mm-hmm. Right? No, Pinch no, Me no, is no, mostly Ed. Pinch, pinch yeah. Me is all Ed. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, there's yeah. a couple, there's a, like, call and answer, isn't that a... It was the Steven Ed era. I think we got a lot of it. Up, no, upside down. What's the one, maybe Katie? Uh, there's yeah. A, there's, there's often where, yep. like, like Ed will do, do a stanza, and then Steve, Steve will do a stanza. There's yeah. a lot of that early Had a on. lot of two-handers back in the day. Yeah. But now, nowadays... Call them two fisters. Yeah. Fister, Bloody hardly mister. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> but I thought I wrote just enough Ed. I wrote, he's got a great maitre d' voice. That's Welcome fair. to the Dream, dream hotel. hotel. Dream Hotel. The Dream. Hotel. He does a great job, I thought. I don't need a lot of Ed. I just need a little Ed. I loved the amount of sound effects in this fucking song. I love the ding of the concierge. I love the birds when he wakes up in the morning. In the park. I yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fun. Like the the dreamy lyrics, 
are fine. Like, mm-hmm. he's just saying whatever pops into his mm-hmm. fucking head. Mm-hmm. It barely rhymes. <laughs> he's like, dogs in the school, and I played Nightmare in the board game, and there's a brick wall in front of me, and it's covered in poop. But you know. <laughs> Okay, you were looking around my house until you said my wall was... I just want the listeners to know my wall is not covered in poop. <laughs> mm, I believe... There's there's probably fecal particulate. Well, all you're there. right. There is. Mm, <laughs> it is. I gotcha. I gotcha. You're right, see. You're right. Um, I was surprised a when puffy poop emoji on Sigurd's wall. Uh, when he said the car horns honk all night, we didn't have like a beep beep beep, beep like to the beat of the song, like a couple car. Yeah, horns. like when he says the sky is full of steam, it didn't go <laughs> <laughs> like, like a kettle. I would have loved that. I, I did like know. the sky is full of steam, the night is full of smoke, or was it the ni- sky is full of smoke, the night is full of steam? What other, what one or the other? You know, but that was a, that was a fun line for me. It was very evocative of the city. It felt yeah. it felt very city like. Yes, to me. It, well, yeah, his his lyrics are great here. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's good at evoking, which makes me surprised how little of it he's done lately. Um, yeah, that, that, that whole verse. Yeah. The night is full of smoke. The sky's full of steam. Car horse honk all night. Mm, it's not my kind of dream. <laughs> like, yeah, this sucks. Actually, if I'm being, if I'm being honest with you, it sounds nice. But. And the night is full of smoke. The sky is full of steam. Car horse honk all night. It's not my kind of dream. Uh, doesn't sound nice. Yeah. I, I mean, well, I think the sky being full of steam and the night being full of smoke sounds fun. But the car horns honking all night is a problem. So I want to interrogate one line. Sure. They're all out of broken hearts. Yeah. Well, the room service. Room service is all out of broken hearts. I think you could still go out and buy broken hearts but like, outside of the hotel. So what does that fucking mean? Because if they're all out of broken hearts, that's a good thing. Yeah. It's great. What's your but he says it like it's a bad thing. I don't think he says it like it's a bad thing, right? Um, and he's just... Wild providing- dogs are running down the hallway. The hallway's a river. The lady at your concierge is your favorite high school teacher oh cherry pick much um and they're calling for room service to tell you they're all out of broken hearts sold out of broken hearts and good thing they've built a giant wall of pancakes so it's like leonardo is fucking your girlfriend (laughs) and you're not allowed to be mad about it the weird what they're saying leo's fucking your girlfriend happens after he wakes up from the dream that is not canonically part of the dream he wakes up in the morning he gets a call and it's his girlfriend going hey you got cucked <laughs> like i don't know that doesn't seem like uh or i don't know we have an open relationship and i stop this a little bit yeah i, I mean know. i feel like kev's kev's kind of sex forward sex po- kev kevin his girlfriend bethany our <laughs> <laughs> very Last sex name kerbin <laughs> bethany kerbin <laughs> She loves the movie American History X. Is that is that something? I don't know. Famously a curbing scene in that movie. Oh, curb stomping? Is that what you that where your brain went? Curbin? Yeah, bro. I'm going curbin. I'm going curbin? That's where you just go and you put your teeth on every yeah. curb you see. Yeah, just waiting for somebody to see. Uh yeah. Or you play uh fucking uh Dreamland games all day. Bro, I'm curbin. Oh, I'm sucking yeah. them up, I'm meeting them down, I'm getting their powers. Um yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, I I think that we've mixed. It's all just dream. It's neither good nor bad. Yeah. I, again. Yeah. You're just. It was. In, that was an interesting line for me. I mean, uh, to follow the dream logic, you wouldn't call down to room service and be like, "Do you have poison?" <laughs> <laughs> like you wouldn't ask room service for something you don't want. So. But I could see like Kev like gets off the phone with his girlfriend, calls room service, and says, "Room service." Could you send me up one broken heart? <laughs> just like a, and then he looks, breaks the fourth wall, looks directly at the screen, and goes mm, and shrugs. <laughs> it's <"Wine."> so living. 
Yeah, I could see that too. If any BNL boy can break the fourth wall, it's Kev. <laughs> it's Kev, almost certainly. He knows he's in a band. What, what's the fourth wall here? Well, that we're all being watched. Oh, sure, sure, sure. That makes sense. He looks directly at God. That's why he, he's like, he had to take his sunglasses off so he could look directly into God's <laughs> eye. See, sure, sure. Um, yeah, man. But honestly, he can't help himself on that ending. Like, he just can't. The song is over at 3.53, and there are 57 more seconds of, like, fucking song. Can you believe that See the Tower ended in the way that it did? Yeah. Like, that's a wild that he was able to fucking control himself on one fucking song. So, the last... I, I don't take issue with the last, like, 30, 40 seconds of the song, where there's just nothing but, like, planter Because he complicates it and adds more, like, counter melodies and stuff to it. So, yeah. he makes it... He makes... It's not just, like, a slow fucking fade into, like billions and billions of galaxies and Oz is <laughs> right. just one tiny blue marble. Yeah. Like it just doesn't go into like Carl Sagan talking. Like sure. it's a genuine, like interesting sort of melodic line and, and counter melodic line go through it. So I, I, I like repetition part of the ending was like a big musical where like we were getting all the pieces coming together because we had you know the dream hotel madame mademoiselle like welcome to the dream but like all the pieces were coming together for the first time where we saw it all what a weird fucking i think it had to just be a rhyme thing right dream hotel monsieur mademoiselle had to be just he wanted to rhyme because there's no fucking way people that like the concierge who probably has like a fucking earpiece on so yeah. they can even hear in the fucking dj sure. booth yeah yeah like you have to go into the dj booth and check into your room <laughs> Like, just let me finish this set. Uh, yeah, probably. Like, yeah, no, he's not so, uh, Welcome to the Dream Hotel, Monsieur. <laughs> as loud as he possibly just can. Screaming into your ear. Um, but honestly, you know what? Fucking I also dead mouse was, I checks thought... you into your room. Yes. <laughs> That's my idea of hell. <laughs> what is your idea of hell? What would be your hell? I don't know. A lot. I mean, literal hell, like yeah. being tortured forever, and okay. I mean, but like emotionally, like. I don't know. I think sleep deprivation is pretty bad. Yeah, that makes sense. Mine would be... And I live it every night, baby. Hey, hey. I get like three, four hours of sleep. Are you... Uh, really? Yeah. Is that an every night thing for you? Yeah, mostly. Wow. How are you still in good health? I feel like four hours of sleep nightly would fuck so, me so bad. When a tree starts dying, mm. you can't tell. Mm. It sort of rots, oh, out, from, on the it rots out from the inside. Sure, okay. And then one day it just falls over. <laughs> And that's how I'm gonna go. Got you. Okay, your organs right now are just yeah. Mush. I'm just I'm just hollow. There's like insects living in me. Oh, nice. Fucking family of sparrows and starlings are nesting in my chest. Your squirrels are putting nuts inside my s- nuts. Uh, <laughs> that's a kev. That's a kev reach. The squirrels putting nuts in your nutsack. You think he's ever referred to his nutsack oh. as anything but my testicles? <laughs> like he's a very clinical man. My jigglies. You he 100% does not call him his jiggly. My special region. Yes, he calls it his swimsuit area. Um, My gentle region. Oh, it is. It's all soft. The softest there. part of me. I don't think he's a Ken doll, but I don't think he's ever gotten hard. <laughs> well, he had Havana. You got to so roll I it up. With, you, can, you can ejaculate without getting hard. Just roll it and stuff it in. That's true. Yeah. Wiggle it around. Wiggle it around. Wiggle your, your whole body around. Um,. The horns never get a chance to be on the front of the mix, but they do a great job playing a supporting role. Mm-hmm. I know you love a horn. How did you feel? Do you wish there were a big horn solo no, somewhere? No, the song didn't need super horns. I did, I did enjoy the horns, but I don't think it, it, they didn't need to be. They didn't need to come out. 
Okay. Their little corner. Their horner. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. I just I I thought this one was very like both intangible and organic. Like I could hear the pops of you know the stuff in the in the studio. I feel like like I don't know. I felt felt like a, a real song. Yeah, a guy breaking up with his girlfriend in the back. <laughs> yeah. They didn't edit that <laughs> out. They didn't do another take. You, you heard hear Jonathan Frakes. You heard him recording. You hear him recording. Deal or no deal, deal in the next room. What is the show called? Drew, at one point, Drew Carey walks through. You can tell because of the familiar cadence of his shoes. <laughs> That's right. They call him Shoe Carey for a shoe reason. Shoe Carey. Um, what else, did you have anything else to say about this song? Um, I listened to it at 1.5 speed. It was sounds like a total stream of conscious fever dream because it kept talking. So he's like, there's pancakes in the walls. He's like on cocaine, like trying to, trying to like relay this to you, like pacing back and forth. Uh-huh. But musically it's great. Like it's really jazzy and up tempo. Um, but I think I like the original a little bit better. Okay. Um, if I'm listening to music, I prefer sort of non lo-fi music, but uh, um, if I'm listening to listen, but if I'm just like working or something, lo-fi is perfect. Will so. this make your playlist? Maybe, maybe. Okay, four hundred and one songs is kind of tipping the scale a little bit. I feel like it should probably stay slim. Uh, when you're over four hundred, do you have to cut so- a song off? Or no, be- I do cut songs off. Like if I if I skip a song like ten times in a row, I kick it off the list. You prune. Yeah. What's the last song you pruned? Um, what's that one? The uh, Gymno- Gymnopedia. Oh, Eric Satier. Yeah. Gymnopedia number three. Uh, I had the whole thing on there. So oh, it's like, okay. It's like all three. It was like a nine minute song, and I'm like, yeah. I like this, but I don't listen to it for nine minutes. Okay, and okay. it really like it really like because it's it, the the musicality and the and the tempos are so wildly variant. So it'll be like I'll come off of like a fucking ska song or like an arrow, <laughs> or, or roll out at one point five <laughs> speed, <laughs> and then and then slow, sure. and then just a soft piano tinkle begins the yeah. Uh, you know, you'd really love. Uh, there's a movie that heavily features that song. Um, what is it called? Bo was afraid. No. Oh, my dinner with Andre. You would really, really like it. I think you should give it a give I've it a go. I've seen my dinner with Andre. <laughs> Have you really? Long, oh, okay, ago, long, long ago. All right, never mind. Fucking uh, the Grand Nagus. What's his name? Huh? Oh, uh, Wallace, Wallace Shawn. Wallace Shawn. One of yeah. my favorite actors of Wally. all time. Yeah. Well, he. He voiced Wally. Did he? No, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I don't Wally know. didn't have a voice. Uh, Wally. Yeah, he had like a speaking spell voice. What is Wally? Who's <laughs> <laughs> your fucking torch? What the fuck are the humans are living in a fucking satellite? What the fuck is this? Where's the selenium? They told me they were gonna get it for me. Oh fuck. Um, Ebo, can you? That of course is Tim Robbins, Robbins from in <laughs> Wally. <laughs> Tim Robbins from the Shawshank Redemption in Wally. In Wally, yes, voice of Wally. Um, hey, bud. Yeah? I want to hear about some bloodsuckers. Oh, you're going to hear about them, because this movie is, of course, about the 2012 vampire, moody vampire art house piece, Byzantium. Have you ever seen Byzantium? Okay, no, I've, not, I've never even heard of Byzantium. Oh, it's a Neil Jordan-directed Gemma Arterton starring Sir Sa- 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 Ronan and uh, Sam Riley. It's about a pair of mother and daughter vampires. Okay. Uh, a Eleanor, pair of yeah, mother and daughter uh, no, vampires. Yes, both. No, just a mother okay, and a okay, pair. Okay, okay, okay. One is mother, one is daughter. Okay, okay. Uh, Saoirse Ronan plays Eleanor, who's a teenage vampire. Okay. Uh, Atherton plays Clara, who is her mom, Gemma Atherton. Atherton? Atherton or Atherton? I don't know. Art- Arterton. 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 What the fuck? Um, so everything is very, dr- like this song, everything is sort of dreamy dreamy and atmospheric, and the scenes are sort of, it's, it's, there's a modern day and then there's a bunch of flashbacks like Highlander okay. style, like every vampire movie. But the flashbacks are sort of shuffled within, within the um, other scenes. So it's not necessarily, it's not not necessarily an anti-narrative, 
but it's definitely um, a, a broken and truncated narrative. Yes. Is, is there is there a point when can you tell their flashbacks or is it intentionally obfuscated? No, you can tell their flashbacks. Unlike the movie The Wind, which oh. is a bad movie. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's for you. Do you want to tell me anything about The Wind? I've never heard of it. It's a movie. It's a Wild West movie, Wild okay. West horror movie, which is usually my jam. I fucking love Wild West horror movies. It's about a um, husband and wife living on the plane in the middle of the fucking plane and the wind is just blowing constantly and it's supposed to be about like sort of the mental degradation of the woman because the man's away so long and whatnot and she goes slowly insane and another another family moves in uh next to them and then they sort of have a meet cute and then she ends up killing everyone basically oh jesus but uh, um because she's going insane um and it's sort of like you see everything from her perspective and everything is disjointed and out of uh out of order and but there's no sort of like interstitial it's like they just took the scenes and then sort of shuffled them and throw throw them out sort of randomly but that's not what got me um it's that you can't really there's no like narrative there's no change in like color palette or anything to indicate whether it's future or past or how those things are happening and i understand that was intentional but the director's stated intention was that like you want to find follow this woman go slowly insane unraveling fine i'm there for it right and she said i wanted to show that like women are the strong ones and while the men are out like eating beans and farting and rustling cattle or something they had to hold the house down sure. but the fundamental thesis of the movie is bitches be crazy okay this woman literally kills everybody <laughs> sure. cannot hold it together and just goes insane yeah that's a strange so way to it just undercuts her entire her entire premise anyway okay. that's why i hate sorry the wind, the wind. okay <laughs> got it <laughs> I have, an, I have a doctorate in the wind studies. <laughs> have you heard about the, t- in the tragedy of dark Plagius the, Plagius the Wise? Uh-huh. I believe the metatextual narrative. No. Okay. All right. So Byzantium. So Byzantium. There's, um, a, so sorry, there's a guy in Byzantium named Tom Hollander. <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to know there's an actor that is more than Tom Holland. He's Tom Hollander. Hollander. <laughs> Tom Hollandist. That implies a Tom Hollandist. <laughs> Do you think there's a Tom Hollandist? All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Give me, give me some, uh, some. So what I've done is I've taken the scenes from uh, Byzantium and arranged uh-huh. them in a sequential order. Okay. The year is 1901. Okay. Uh, Napoleonic Wars. Oh, sorry, 1801. 1804. <laughs> what the uh, fuck? I'm thinking of the next movie. Okay. The year's 1804. Napoleonic Wars. Lots of vamp- vampires in Napoleonic Wars. I don't know why there's so many vampires in Napoleonic Wars. Like this is like the fourth movie where the bat flashback has been like the French Revolution. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> a young human Clara encounters two off-duty navy officers captain ruffin and midshipman darville after flirting with both of them she leaves with ruffin so the um captain who is actually turns out to be a real piece of shit um and he forces her into sexual um servitude in, oh. a, in a brothel oh so um she has a child clara born in 1804 but she doesn't want to raise her in a brothel so she leaves her in an orphanage Cut. wait i thought her name was clara. oh sorry oh eleanor my mistake eleanor. okay yeah clara and eleanor so he has a sh- child and clara leaves her at the orphan at an orphanage Years later, Clara is still working at the uh, um, um, brothel and contracts tuberculosis. She is not doing well. As a vampire? No, no she's, she's not, not a vampire, vampire yet. But uh, at Ruthven's brothel, Darvell comes back. Midshipman Darvell, who's always harbored a, harbored a crush on uh, Clara, comes back and he is a vampire. He gives the pimp Ruthven. He's like, listen, there's an island. This is a weird like origin. There's an island that if you just go to it and, want, and die there, you become a vampire. You just raise as a vampire. That's how vampires are made. Oh, okay. Um, and he has a map. And Clara's like, fuck, I'm dying of tuberculosis. So she grabs a gun and like is gonna shoot Ruffin, but just shoots him in the leg. Doesn't doesn't kill him. She so which is uh something she's gonna regret later. But takes the map, flies away, not flies away, sails to the island, becomes a vampire, <laughs> kills herself, becomes a vampire, comes back. So she's a vampire now. Um she's uh basically 
checking in on her uh, Eleanor. She's checking in on Eleanor now as a vampire. But there's also an order of vampires called fucking the Brethren or something like that. The Volturi, we'll just say, from Twilight. Okay. Uh, there are a bunch of noble vampires who have, like, they're surprised to not only have someone from, like, a commoner stock, but also a woman. So um, Darvel has to bring her back. Darvel brings her to the Brethren, and they're like, okay, listen, this is the first time this has happened, so we're going to give you a pass. You just can't make any more vampires, and you can't make a big deal out of this. Just fucking live your life. That's fine. Like, be immortal. Just, you can't do anything with it. So, of course, she immediately does something with it. She goes and she's checking on Eleanor one time when Captain Ruffin, the pimp, who has been looking for Clara, mm-hmm. goes and finds Eleanor, her daughter, and uh, tries to do the same thing. Tries to, like, you know, sexually abuse her and then force her into a life. Slave. Eleanor fucking rips the shit out, brutalizes Ruffin, oh. kills him, because she's a vampire now. Oh, right. or, no, I'm sorry. Clara. I get okay, yeah. Clara, vampire Clara, brutalizes Ruffin, destroys him. And uh, uh, But Eleanor has already gotten uh, syphilis, which is what Ruffin had. I love evs half remembered <laughs> Man, i'm just trying i'm just trying to put these together <laughs> they're good because no. i don't like read the wikipedia page i just like okay. try to i try to put them through so ruffin um he's so he's dead but he had syphilis they find that out so that's like a death sentence at this point okay this is like pre-penicillin sure right um so clara makes eleanor a vampire which is a big bad for the brethren sure right? so they start hunting them cut now we are in the modern day 2010 ish right okay the brethren are still hunting for eleanor and clara um so she kills a hunter and they hide out in this old hotel, this old like failing hotel called the, Byz- called the Byzantium Hotel. Okay. Um, and Clara has seduced the owner, Noel, Noel and uh, basically turns into a brothel. Eleanor is playing piano there and falls for a young waiter named Frank, who is dying of leukemia because everyone in this movie is fucking dying of okay. something. Um, so Eleanor and Frank have sort of like a Bella and Edward thing where they're getting closer together. Eleanor goes to the local college, getting closer to Frank and ends up writing down her story for him. Like she's like, I'm a vampire. I'm talking about vampires, blah, blah, blah. Clara is furious. And, uh, um, and once Eleanor finds out that, that Frank is dying of leukemia, she wants to like turn him into a vampire too. Clara's like, you can't do that. Like we're already under the fucking gun here. You can't be making more vampires. You can't be talking about vampires. They're going to come for us. Okay. So she tries to trap, um, Eleanor in an elevator shaft and keep her in the uh, fucking hotel. Okay. But Noel actually falls into the shaft and dies. Oh, Jesus. The owner of the hotel. But Clara is trapped there. And while Clara, well, I mean, Eleanor is trapped there. And while Eleanor is trapped there, Clara goes out to like fucking kill Frank just to get him out of the fucking picture. Okay. Uh, but while she's out there, she finds out that Darvel, who, who is working for the um, fucking Volturi, he's the guy yes, who, he's the original, the original vampire. Yes. Darvel is this like hunting pack and they have found out that they're staying at the Byzantium Hotel. Oh no, Eleanor's trapped in an elevator shaft. I gotta go help her. But it's too late. They've already taken Eleanor. They take her to a uh, um, like an abandoned fairground. Uh, Clara finds her there. She finds Darvel leading the the Brethren Hunters. Uh, they subdue her. And Darvel, one of the hunters, gives Darvel his sword, which the fucking sword was from the Siege of Byzantium or something like that. So it's a you know very tangential connection there. Hmm. You know, because they're vampires. Okay. You don't use like a historical name and not like have something related to it like okay this could could this be the cross on which jesus christ our lord and savior was massacred <laughs> um so anyway darvel's about to kill her but then he turns on his things because he's always his friends and he kills the brother and hunters and his because he's always held a candle for clara clara and darvel wander off um and eleanor takes frank to the island and turns into a vampire end of story okay can you please explain how the fuck any of this movie by the way when you turn someone who has an incurable disease like leukemia, vampirism doesn't solve it, does it? It does in this scenario. Okay. In like a world of darkness situation, you can like, if you turn someone with AIDS, they still have AIDS. Yeah. They're, just, they're just in a bad situation. <laughs> that's what I would think. You would just have them forever, right? You would just like be alive until they 
solved it, but in pain the whole time. Well, could they solve it though? Because here's the thing: like, it depends on the type of vampirism. Like, there's some vampire vampirism like it just freezes you however you were when you got turned into a right. vampire. So if you like cut your hair, it'll grow back. Like the next okay. It'll to exactly how it was. Sure. So like if they cured, you have to cure your leukemia every day. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, yeah. So, I don't so know. So you go in for uh, chemotherapy every morning. Jesus Feel like shit all day. Christ. And then you wake up with leukemia. Again. <laughs> Good fucking Lord. That's my idea of hell. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very Kev theme for a song. Yeah. So the hotel Robert reference is obvious, right? Fucking yeah. Byzantine, ho- Byzantium hotel, dream hotel. Sure. Sure. And this is a, this is a, um, the hotel itself. There's a lot of like metatextual narrative going on in Kev's like thinking, which is why it really bummed me out that he just sort of like brought it all down to like the the sort of visceral you know narrative level. Um, but I think that firstly, the Byzantium Hotel starts out as a dream for all of them because it's a it's a it's a haven, right? Not only for Noel, who is like the owner there, so it starts to get better. He's you know dating a sexy vampire, everything's going good, but then he ends up falling down an elevator shaft, you know, symbolically killing himself, just like. Uh, Darth Plagius, the wise, uh, <laughs> used metachlorines to control metachlorians. To he, he, well, he sought for immortality, and he ended up being killed by his own apprentice, who that was Mace Windu. <laughs> that his apprentice was uh, uh, Palpatine, right? Isn't that the whole like? Oh, I didn't know that. I don't know. I think that's the speculation. We'll just have to wait till the acolyte later in 2024. Oh, is that the Palpatine origin story? Uh, no one knows anything about it, but the speculation right now is that it's about Darth Plagueis, perhaps. And we know Darth it takes Plagueis place. The wise. We know it takes place a long, long time ago, and it's about Sith. So. Oh, nice. I'm, I'm glad they're expanding the universe because I feel like that's the Star Wars problem: is that they're like Skywalker, Skywalker, Skywalker. Well, there's billions and billions of like galaxies yeah and it's all about the same 30 people yeah yeah agree like, well that's what made andor so good is that it had no relationship to any of the skywalker clan and it was mostly like ground level politics just wait for season two baby yum yum it's gonna be so good oh you think there's gonna be skywalkers we're gonna get a yoda in there oh shit oh i hope we get a yoda in we get there. middle-aged yoda we had baby yoda we got old yoda what about the middle boys what if he's huge <laughs> <laughs> they got they grow huge for their middle age and they get do you do you th- did you ever watch tales of the jedi no in that we not only see yaddle but hear yaddle voiced and she by, talks normal she talks normal which means that yoda's just a fucked up guy <laughs> like yeah, their species doesn't have to talk well, so, like that okay well here's the here's my explanation for that and my apologetics for that is that I know that Star Wars is monocultures. Like yeah. this, is, this is a planet where everybody is the same. Yeah. Like you're, this species. The gambling this species planet. Act, yeah. This is a grave planet. Yeah. This is a library planet. Yeah. Like, and everyone of a species. There's no like cultural diversity. But let's say there is. And so, like, I mean, the human, like on Earth, like people talk, like German sentence structure is German sentence structure. So if someone was learning English and just spoke with German sentence structure, okay. they would sound like Yoda. Sure. They put the verb at the end or whatever. So, like, Yoda could just be from, like, southern Dagobah. Okay. All right. Or wherever the fuck they're from. I was going to say, he probably wasn't raised on Dagobah. Um, How do y'all do it? Yoda! <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, well, we do know that it takes them, like, 80 years how to learn how to fucking talk from the Mandalorian. We've talked about this before, how angry it makes me that that fucking Grogu was 80 in that fucking show. You're, you're, you're a baby until you're 80? No. You can't be a toddler that long. That doesn't make sense, because Yoda was... That's a tenth of his life. Sorry, I'm getting pissed off again thinking about this whole fucking thing. So not only is the hotel reference obvious, but also the metatextual narrative of like vampirism as a whole. Mm. Like, 
uh, sort of how it transformed in the 20th century because in the 19th century like vampirism like the i mean that's sort of the the genesis of vampire with like the the vampire and uh, like dracula obviously and um sort of all the all the clones that came off of that but like the thing is is like in the 19th century vampirism was like they're monsters like they're kind of like sexy weird monsters right, right? but now we sort of we sort of impose our own human sort of values on them in the 20th century so vampirism is, is sort of falls into the immortality trap where it's like the highlander like who wants to live forever sort of thing like sure eventually everything loses gold loses its luster the kisses stops smelling like well elderberries <laughs> the tongue gets all dry and papery uh-huh etc cetera, etc cetera. so like that's again sort of my uh, my idea of hell is being trapped into this trapped in this sort of thing and kev of course is talking about also using that as like a lens to view like this whole this whole album structure where they're talking about you know I love this thing, but please make it stop. Right. And that's sort of how vampires feel as well. Sure. I think. So yeah. naked ladies are likening, being vampires and likening themselves to vampires. Likening themselves to oh, vampires? No. <laughs> well, it's interesting because, I mean, ostensibly this album is thematic, right? It's about being old, getting older, and doing this over and over again, and sort of these cycles and repetition. And But then this song is just like, hello, I'm having a dream <laughs> about my girlfriend. I don't know. It just yeah. seems out of place too, when considering the the general you know theme of the album. Yeah, and I mean the Dream Hotel also stands for like the Island of Vampires, right? Okay. You go there and it cures you, because every no one goes there because they're feeling good. I think Darvel right. is the only one who finds it and like turns into a vampire because he's just a, he just happened to find a fucking vampire island, sure, or he got invited to it or whatever. But everybody else goes there because they're dying of something, sure. And while it cures them, it also inflicts another disease upon them that is arguably worse, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So yeah, it's a and also fucking Mr. and Mademoiselle. Yeah, we're talking about the Napoleonic War, Kev. I oh, get it. I get I didn't it. Even think about fucking that. Kev. And boy, that does explain if the fucking song takes place in NYC, why they're saying that, right? Is Byzantium in NYC? I don't the know. Byzantium Hotel? I don't know. Uh, I don't remember. That would have been a really good link, bud. But the wild dogs running through the hallway are obviously the Brethren Hunters. Sure, of course. I don't of course. know. I I can't for the life of me like. I mean, the pancakes in the park <laughs> might be like the the community college where Frank goes to. Okay. Because he's kind of like a, and Eleanor is sort of a, they're both is sort of like an artsy community college. They He was wearing a, like a hoodie the whole time that said PSU on it, right? Mm. Pancake State University. Yeah, university. <laughs> that does make Go sense. Go Flapjacks! <laughs> the fighting Flapjacks. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Ev. Hey, you knocked it out of the park again. Only two more left. How excited are you that you only have to watch two more movies for the rest of your life? Oh. <laughs> oh no i was gonna argue uh, before we go into the ratings i think that the back end of this album is getting stronger for me every song i would argue against that somewhat because the back half of the album so far i would say side b of this album so is... i would say everything after too old because too old is the so, official okay. half second half of the let album. me run through mine so love and life okay one night okay enough time bad yeah what do we need decent i liked it just wait bad yeah waning moon okay too old terrible 50 for a while you skipped oh 50 for a while that's fine yeah, yeah. and then see the tower i loved wake up fucking great we both loved great yes uh clearly lost fine. okay to good yeah yeah and dream hotel fucking great we yeah yeah i mean and i'm not i don't want to tip my hand for next week but i'm asking you to is probably my favorite ed song on the album yeah i might agree with that I would say so. God, I'm so excited about the peace lady. Oh, we got to figure out what she's all about. Yeah, oh my uh, God, here she comes off. Fucking throw shit at you. All right, let's rate this song. 
Ev, as usual, we rate the song on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed. The more clothes the song is wearing, the worse it is. The fewer clothes, the better. So on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed, where do you think you fall? Leonardo DiCaprio from The Revenant. Uh-huh. I have been killed and betrayed by my closest friends, the fur trappers. Leonardo DiCaprio among them. I'm trying to think who else would be an actor who is in there. Billy Mooney from Bing Crosby. David Arquette. Who else is in Ravenous? Um, trying to think. Guy, Guy Pierce. Pierce is fucking great. Yeah. David Arquette's in Ravenous. Okay. Um, I don't remember the Scottish actor. Robert Carlyle. Okay. Yeah. Fucking one of my favorite movies of all time. I know you love your... Fucking you introduced Ravenous. me to Ravenous. Great film. Listeners, if you love horror movies, you love Western horror, fucking Ravenous, one of the most perfect movies ever created. It rules. Soundtrack is great. Yeah. Soundtrack is amazing. But yeah, so I've been betrayed. Left for, <laughs> left for dead. <laughs> left for dead by a cadre of a 90s to 2000 aughts actors. Okay. Uh, aging actors. And what they've done is they steal my clothes because my clothes... Are, are the vampire clothes that give them the immortality serums that makes them look young again so sure. they can go back and star in more movies. But it makes them look... So it makes them young again, but it makes them look like they're CGI'd, which is actually a good thing. Okay. Like it makes it look like they've uh, they've de-aged them. Okay. Like with the, like the new Indiana Jones movie. Okay, okay, okay. So it makes them look de-aged. So like, oh, they're just being fucking de-aged. It's fine. Okay. But they so look like that in real life. So they're not taking on new identities. No, Guy no, Pierce no. is still Guy Pierce. Guy still is Guy Pierce. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Guy Pierce. <laughs> Do you have a beef with no, Guy I Pierce? I love Guy Pierce. Okay, cool. I've loved him in love almost Memento. everything. Yeah. Memento. Count of Monte Cristo he is good in. Oh, the sandwich movie. Love <laughs> it. Some good shit. What is a Monte Cristo made out of? Monte Cristo is ham and Swiss, and then you put it on big Texas toast, and you deep fry the whole thing and put powdered sugar and jam on top. Ah, yeah. So good. Oh, yeah. The sweet, the savory, baby. That's the bloat. It's, it is the sandwich that will kill you. It is the fucking nightmare. It's like the fucking double down. Or the there's that one sandwich that Friendly's had where it was like two grilled cheese sandwiches with a burger. A in burger, between. yeah, I remember that. What was it called? The art, art clog. <laughs> art clog. Art clogs. Uh-huh. Art clogs re- revenge. <laughs> so anyway, uh, they all take an article of clothes, and I have to spend uh, the next three quarters of the movie hunting them down each one by one. But each of them has a special power, and each of them has a special skill. But I managed to do it and retain all my clothes. But at the same time, when I get them, I look at my outfit of like. This is the fur of the Appalachian lion that I slew uh, during the seventh labor. Yeah. This is the pelt of the sea otter that I uh, romanced and made in turn. She was a selkie and made her take off her thing and then stole it away. And so there's just a lady living in like the fucking, what are those those fucking northern Scottish isles? Oh. uh, The the Cronkets. Yeah, the Cronkets, I think, is what they're called. (laughs) Anyway, so I've got these things. I'm like, you know, these were once beautiful animals. I want to return them, and I leave them, and I just they fly up into the sky. Um, also, oh shit, forgot to tell you, there's a wall of pancakes. Oh my god, I'm pretty. Fucking, Is that good or bad? How did you interpret it? Great, I fucking love pancakes. Okay, it depends on the pancakes. Like if they're good pancakes, yeah. But the thing is, I wouldn't eat a wall. I wouldn't need a wall. How many pancakes can you eat? I'm saying like for me, if they're like normal size pancakes, like plate size pancakes, not silver dollar pancakes, three. I had three this morning. Maybe four. I could probably. Oh, you know what? I used to. Denny's used to have. Unlimited pancakes. Mm-hmm. So when I was 24, 25 going to Denny's, I could take down 10 pancakes. But like, they were big ass. Hurt, my stomach hurt so, there's so, a point not comfortably. Eating yeah. becomes work. Oh, it was. It, it changes was, from enjoyment to work. Yes. And I like finding that point and backing off, I think is like wisdom. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's. Well, the thing is someone dared me to eat all those pancakes. <laughs> you never turn down a food dare. <laughs> Saker never turns down a food challenge. No, listeners. can't do it. So anyway, all I'm wearing is a single uh, mink cock sock. 
Oh, wow. This is a fucking bare-ass naked song. Yeah. And uh, fucking Crack of Thunder, Alex Dondermara. Let's get out of here. Dondermara! Uh, for me, um, goodness golly gracious, Who's I go to my job as a teacher at a junior high school here in the States and I wake up, put my clothes on, I drive to work at 6.20 in the morning, and I get there, and my first class, the bell rings, and the students file in, and one of the students comes over to me and says, um, you're in my seat. And I say, what do you mean I'm in your seat? He says, this is the teacher's chair. And I say, oh, uh, I, I guess you're right. And I get out of the chair, and he sits in the chair, and he says, all right, class, today we're giving presentations. You're up for Saker. And I'm like, well, I didn't prepare for this presentation. He says, you got to give it anyway. And then I walk up to the front of the class and everyone starts laughing. And I realize (laughs) I'm in my underwear, just my underwear. I'm unprepared for my presentation. I thought I was teaching, but I'm really a student. And all my teeth fall out. So not only... That's my idea of smell. And then you have to fight your penis in the fucking attic. God, it's so good. But... That's a surprise. At at least I'm joined by a insane... Uh, war veteran who helps me fight my penis in the attic. Uh, God, what a good fucking movie that was! I'm glad you all enjoyed it. What a bl- no, just me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think the other the other candidates, as I call them, <laughs> hated it. They are testing badly. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, just a pair of tidy whities baby. I'm not naked. Hey, we're pretty close, but I'm yeah. fucking damn close. Yeah, Hell this yeah. is a great, great song. Loved it. Kev can still bring it. When he tries really hard. I think this and See the Tower are like standouts for me, Kev-wise. You're an insano flex man. That is, it, See the Tower is such a weird, bad song. I'm glad you liked it. I'm not going to call you a waste of flesh. I'm not going to call you human garbage. But I'm glad you liked it. We'll be right back with more It's All Been Done. A brand new in his podcast. <laughs> hey, Ev. Who should inherit the earth? Hmm. Not the meek. Not the geeks. Not the squeaks. Those fucking mice don't get it. Could it be the freaks? <gasps> oh, freaks. I know they come out at night. Whoop, whoop. Are they there to... Have you ever seen Big Money Rustlers? Yes. Did you like it? I enjoyed it. Okay, would you consider... I saw it. I, I was very drunk. It was like <laughs> one of those movies where it was like, I wanted everybody to leave. <laughs> so I was like, put on Big Money Rustlers and ended up watching it all. <laughs> it's a bizarre movie and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Uh-huh. But like, I kind of want to watch it sober just to see if like I remember half of what happened there. Okay, all right. Do you have to have seen Big Money Hustlers? No. Okay. I have not seen Big Money Hustlers. Okay. And Big Money Rustlers made perfect sense to okay. me. Perfect. Great. All right, let's watch Big Money Rustlers sometime. Hell yeah. All right, can that be on the Council of the Fist list? It's not a it's not a kung fu movie. It's not a fighting movie. Okay, but they gunfight. Not really. Oh, really? It just says all the Western tropes except the most famous Western trope. I don't remember. What do you think the famous Western tropes are? Uh, the famous Western tropes are gunfights, tumbleweeds, tumbleweeds. Yes. Uh, Horses. Hatsies. Hatsies. <laughs> uh, bootsies. <laughs> Besties. Bootsy Collins. <laughs> Phil Collins, Phil Spector, the specter of my past, past mistakes, mistakes I've made, made man, mad man, John Ham, Spider Ham. Just gonna walk away. Okay. Who's the guy who voices Spider Ham? He's a comedian who talks like this. And I can't. Oh, John Mulaney. John Mulaney. Mulholland Drive. <laughs> Driving hard. Miss Daisy, Morgan Freeman, Josh Ink Redemption, Tim, Tim Robbins. Robbins. Oh shit! 
<laughs> we did. Go, let's play Six Degrees of No! Pro you always try to get me to play these games and I don't like them. <laughs> I would love That was to a play... gift I gave you just now. Yes, it was. Okay, here. I'm going to play Six Degrees of Goku. Give me anything. Anything in the world. Tongue. Tongue. Ready? Here we go. Step one. Tongue to Tungy from Kung Pao. Uh -huh. Okay, good. There's our step one. Step two. <laughs> Kung Pao to Kung Pao chicken, the okay. Chinese dish. Okay, okay good. Two. Step three, Chung Pao chicken to General So's chicken. Okay, <laughs> I think that was a lateral move, but okay. Hold on. You're halfway done. Because okay. you, you haven't heard my next move. All right. All right, ready? General So's to... General Grievous. I was there. General <laughs> Grievous was next. Step four, General Grievous. Step five. Grievous bodily harm is what Goku deals to everybody. <laughs> okay, I don't want to play this game. It's well, really easy when you can just fucking rules. You can just say anything. <laughs> it's there. There's got to be a link. Tongue. Goku's got one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, well, like... I wasn't gonna say Grievous bodily harm. <laughs> okay. Well, go off. Okay, General Grievous. All right, go off, King. Uh, okay. Well, Grievous. <laughs> General Grievous, back to General So's chicken for okay. step five. We got a we got a little pivot. We got a stutter step here. <laughs> we really got to take it home. Yeah. Here we go. Step six. Jesus Christ. Goku wants eight General So's chicken. I did it. Who hey. boy. All right. That was fun. You know who else loves General So's chicken? General So's chicken. General So's chicken comes from China. Goku's Goku's uh, Goku's vest has a Chinese symbol on it. Bam. Yeah, we're there. Bam. We're there. We got it. You know who else loves General So's Chicken? That's the lads from Cape Chronicles. <laughs> Hope you have a good time. <laughs> Last episode was 2001. We are the only, the literally at this point, the only podcast still on the Project Hero. Nice. Network. I mean, is it going to go defunct again? Are we going to be out in the out in the cold? It's possible. I mean, that's the kill switch for our our podcast is if we no longer have a network yeah if i if i have to pay a dime we we will not have to pay wait what they haven't posted our new episodes on the fucking front page project derailed what the fuck are you doing nobody from project derailed listens to this podcast no, it doesn't no. matter all right somebody in our discord fucking call them out call at nick <laughs> and say update your main page and put the new episodes if it's all been done on there i'm not gonna do it because it sounds really desperate if i do it but Darnin. I'm calling on you specifically. I don't know why I'm always Dar Team Darnin. It's because it's the name I can remember. Darnin is a very specific name. It's Macaulay. Macaulay. We got a Macaulay. Calk? I hope so. I hope so too. That would be great. Yeah. You think he can get Kieran on the podcast for us? I don't want him on, but I would love I for him to get his brother. I feel like he he could Macaulay Culkin, not Macaulay. I think who goes by they them pronouns. I think from what I remember. Sure. But Macaulay Culkin, I'd love because he, I feel like he has a very interesting story to tell because like he was a child actor and had all that like fucking blank check money. Yeah. And then kind of it ruined him for a while. And then he's like found a way through it somehow. Yeah. And but I feel like there's something valuable in that. What do you think he's doing now? I mean, he did like they did the pizza underground for a while. That's true. He was in a band. He was doing shit he enjoyed. Yeah, he, he doesn't just... need to do anything anymore. And yeah. He's like made peace with that. Maybe like, you're he's, right. He's He can't do anything more than he's done. Like he can't. Have a rent. There's no Culkin Renaissance waiting for him. I don't think.
What do you think the, uh, if I were to look at his filmography, what do you think the last movie, what year? I know he was in like a music video in he like was, 2018 or 2017. Oh shit. He was in Righteous Gemstones this year? What the fuck? I don't remember that at all. Oh, season two. Never mind. But still, Harmon Freeman. He was a Freeman. Uh, yeah, he's nice. been in, he's been, he's still doing TV. He was an American Horror Story. Uh, he did himself in an episode of Eric Andre show. Uh, wow. Yeah, he's still doing shit all yeah. the time, baby. Because he wants to. He wants to. He wanted to. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, somebody said on our Discord they were amazed that we got through the entire Wake Up episode without making a System of Down reference. <laughs> I, I, uh, it's, I mean, Chop Suey is one of my favorite fucking songs. Is it really? It's, ever? On, my, it's on my playlist. I think it used to be. It's one of my top 400 songs. When I was in high school. But I think there are better System of a Down songs. There are. And there are better Serge Tarkanian songs. So when you say it's one of your favorite songs, so there must be a bunch of System of a Down songs. I don't want to... The problem is, like, my I play the music for other people, too, so I don't want to put, like, System of a Down, System of a Down deep cuts on my fucking playlist. Okay, so this is not for you. It's for me and other people. It's a song I can listen to that other people will recognize. Because I make my list not just for myself, but for people, other people in my car, Saker. This is because I'm a sharer. Who fucking drives? You don't drive people. I drive with my family all the time. Okay. I oh, and your 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 child is like, I love System of a Down. Literally yesterday, the kid was calling out how many songs they fucking loved. All right, that's fair. I think I think like fucking System of a Down came on or some sort of metal band, and your your kid was like, this is my favorite song. <laughs> yeah. Well, he said it sounds like the beginning of the most extreme elimination challenge. He does love that. Which made him want to watch most extreme elimination challenge, so he went and watched an episode of most extreme elimination challenge. And I couldn't. We, it was time to go back home. Uh-huh. He didn't want to go back home because he wanted to watch more most extreme. <laughs> I'm like, they'll probably let you watch one at your house. Yeah, I did. He didn't want to drive home. Oh, that's it was sad. pretty sad. Boy, we got home and he was just like a zombie. Yeah, I. I him. You zonked him. I zonked him. I'm like, and he's like kind of dragging. I'm like, Enzo, you feeling okay? He's like, I'm like, are you sad or mad? He's like, yeah. I'm he, like, why? He's like, you don't have to tell me. It's fine. He got home and he said he was sad because he missed us so much. Oh. What, what a sweet little boy. But we were literally going to you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he's telling me the truth. No. Anyway, he told you what you want to hear. He's such a manipulative. <laughs> he is a fucking. Like Captain Zambo in Cape Chronicles. Manipulatrix. Bye. That's a good name. And we're back with more It's All Been Done, a Very Good Ladies podcast. Now the time in the show when we spin, spin, spin. I had a moment of like cognitive dissonance where I forgot what we did in the latter half of the episode. <laughs> like I just left my brain entire. I'm like, what, do I have to write the song now? What do I do? <laughs> I don't have to extemporize anything, right? There's a lot I would never do. It's so fantastic and no, it's true. Did we just get this we one? We sure did. You want to do it? No, one? this is fine. Change or improve the song slash characteristics with the addition of fantasy or sci-fi. Oh, it's already elements. done. We have to do another yeah, one. It's yeah, it's kind of basically. already in the song. All right. What if the pancakes were man cakes? Whoa. In the drink, you need to seduce the narrator of this song. How do you go about oh, it? Oh, I think your it'll pickup be line? particularly easy because the narrator of the song is already, like, is, is it their lowest, like, emotional point? They've just been left, like, they're... There, do you think Kev's the kind of person who wants to get back at his no. spouse? I don't think he is. No, he's not a rebound guy. He wants to be alone, which makes it particularly difficult. Oh, yeah, you're right. But here's the thing is that his wife or his girlfriend didn't leave him. She actually called him to be like, hey, babe. She calls, still calls him babe. Like, hey, I'm staying at the Dream Hotel. So but I think it was like a celebrity pass. You know what I mean? Well, she's She did. So she slept with Leonardo. And instead of coming back to Kev being like, sorry, I fucked Leonardo DiCaprio. She's like. I'm staying here. Which makes me think You that can go home and I'll see you later. I think they have an open relationship, he and his girlfriend. 
She says, babe. What? But his next thing is now it's my idea of hell. So I don't think they have an open relationship. You might be right. Maybe it's open, but he's like secretly like. Maybe one of them thinks it's open and the other one doesn't. Uh-oh. That's, yeah. that's uh, this Uh-oh. week on Get the Kev Chronicles. Um, all right. So how do we seduce this sad man who is in hell emotionally, not physically? Uh, we got to be there for him first, right? You can do. You can play that. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be a short road <laughs> yeah. to seduce the narrator of this song. We need to work our way into his inner circle. We need to, because we're strangers to him. Yeah, you got to friend zone him. You got to make him a friend. You got to make him a friend first. Okay, that's. I, I don't. I think you're make confused. I want friend zoning. Make him be, you start out in the friend zone. Okay. And then you move to the end zone. <laughs> that's, okay. what I, that's what I always got say. Got it. <laughs> Um, then you go to the Mercedes Benz zone, and then the, you're. It depends. Oh, Independence Day two. And then you move to yeah. Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Bloom. Flower. <laughs> Harvest. Harvest Pizzeria. Pizza. Domino's Pizza. <laughs> the Noid. I'm annoyed. Just I'm... like Goku was when. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, fucking what were we talking? Oh, seducing <laughs> Kev. Uh, sad boy. Sad boy. Kev. Sad boy. Kev. Um, okay. So someone is sad. How do you seduce them? You, I don't know. You really do just construct a relationship with them over many months or years. Yeah, you, you slow. That's how you seduce. Yeah, that sucks. So like, what's a so, quick. But it's not a seduction. That's a, that's a regular relationship. Yeah. So... I build a loyal and trusting relationship with him. And then I replace his girlfriend who was cheated. So on. here's what we do. We break him down. He's already low. We make him fucking zero. We go to the hotel. We go to the dream hotel. We take pictures of Leonardo having sex with his wife. We use uh, generative AI to mimic his girlfriend's voice. We leave additional messages on the phone. Yes. And then when he's at his lowest, we tell him the only way he can ever hope to get her back is making her as sad as she made him. Or jealous. Or jealous. Yes. And then we we fuck Kev. (laughs) We, we cannot we, say we fuck, no. we fuck him like we've always hoped to. Um, he is the sexy one. He's, is a, that, he's a flirt. He's the flirt. He's the ladies' man. He's the better ladies' man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, is that it? We just break him down? I, I think you have to. Okay. okay. So we put him in. No. This this segment always feels so skeevy. Yeah. I mean, that's the point of the segment. I know, I but it's just like, here's how we sleep with someone. We just fucking destroy it. It's like, <laughs> this is not who we are. All right. Anyway, I hope we answered your. We dis- built a loyal and committed relationship with <laughs> yeah. Kev Hearn, and that then was- eventually, after we after we have a certain foundation of trust, <laughs> we begin to g- explore physical relations. That was our first answer, which yes. is good. It's good that we thought we were nice boys at first. Uh, okay, but I think that that doesn't. That's not a seduction to me. A seduction is is um. For me, a seduction carries an undercurrent of like skeeviness. Yeah, like I feel if you're like being seduced. For me, a seduction. It- Almost de facto involves a little dance. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there's a little like music playing and you do yeah. like hands above your head yeah. sort yeah. of, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're on the same page here. You got it. Good. 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 So, so we do a little dance for Kim. <laughs> Break him down. Break him dance down. for him. <laughs> no, once he sees our dance, there's nothing he can stop us. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, guy. Let's see if our listener question is. <laughs> Great. Now it's time to take a question from our friends, our fans, our sexy little sluts. Here's a question from our friend, M. M. Hi, M. M says, which band member are you most drift compatible with? 
Tokyo Drift? No, uh, Pacific Rim is, I believe, what they're referencing here. (laughs) So, drift compatibility. Also, you know, Neon Genesis Evangelion. You have to sync up in order to, you know, that's drift compatibility. You also need, like, tension in it, too. That's the that's the like narrative structure is like you're compatible with somebody you don't necessarily get along with. Uh, is that it? I don't know. I can't remember. I mean, that's I, what I would. That's what I would do if I were writing the fucking movie. Sure. Yeah. But do you think that's what they did? Was Pacific Rim a good good movie? Uh, I saw it and it left very little impression on me because it was just a big action movie. Drift compatibility is uh, a potential that exists between motherfucking two people, but is not predetermined by the relationship or lack thereof of the compatible persons. <laughs> So it's just like hair color. Compatibility is commonly determined through sparring in areas like the Kwoon Combat Room. <laughs> the Kwoon Combat Room? <laughs> Depends on their personal connection and their ability to work in sync with one okay, another. Okay, so Saker. Yes. You walk into the Kwoon Combat Room. Okay. <laughs> Who's there? <laughs> well, you have to spar with each of the ladies. Who you Kwoonin? <laughs> Who you Kwoonin? Okay, so Tyler comes at you. He's all greased up, fucking barehanded, bare-chested. He's got like a rubber diaper on. And he just comes t- tearing across the room. That's Tyler's fighting style. He's going to take you down. You can't get a hold of him. He's too slippery. Yeah. And he's going, read uh-huh. the time. Got a mask on. Got a fucking luchador mask on. Got- no, that's appropriate. He's got a uh, fucking. You can wear a luchador mask, can't you? Maybe not. So, yeah. Okay. I don't think that's okay for, for like. White people. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Uh. What? But it's like. So I'm sparring. Jim is a technical. He comes in with a rapier and a-, a mustache and he. Uh, he does like a um, fucking Vega from Street Fighter where he, he climbs on the wall. Climbs on the wall. He jumps off. He's, he's all about constantly the, making little noises. He's all about the yeah. He's a scat man. Uh, <laughs> you're he, right. He uh he completely he has a your your fight um has a, a chords has a tempo and a chord signature a chord uh, chord structure uh-huh. on him. He and he he predicts your moves. Okay. So okay. He's two steps ahead of you. Okay. Ed. It's just an old timey bare knuckle boxer guy. He's got those little like leather he's, pants on. He's got his, yeah, his hands fists up. He's milling. He's position. got the little mustache with the curls, you, waxed curls. Mustache is a like common thing for you with your like. Why did you say mustache so many times during fighting styles? You said Ed has a mustache. You said Jim has a mustache. You know who doesn't have a mustache? Tyler. You're right. You're not going to? Because he's Kev. smooth. He has to be as smooth <laughs> as possible. Uh, all right, bare knuckle boxer. Yeah, he's a bare knuckle boxer and he dances back and forth. Yeah. He does that thing where he uh, takes a shot of like whiskey or something then blows it in the air and lights it on fire oh, sure he's sure. fucking ready to go okay that's ed's fighting style mm, and then Ed's uh, fighting style i don't know what he does i think he just tries to avoid you he he wears you out he <laughs> tires you out by running Kev walks into the room and then just stares takes off his glass oh, i gotta take these off uh-huh. he stares at you and then you see like a trickle of blood come out of his nose oh he's and trying then the, to the fucking... room starts vibrating <laughs> okay he's psychokinetically yeah. so which one do we vibe the most yeah with? which of those which of the Unless you have different fighting styles for them. I mean, those are mine fighting styles described to attacking you. So, which of those do you vibe with? And you can fight. Atta- yeah, oh, I will. When attack I step you. into the Kung Combat Room, yes. I will face four okay, okay, different okay. PNL. Uh, Who do you I vibe with? I vibe the most with. I think I'm going to be most drift compatible with. I'm pulling down the lightning, Kev. I think that if he could teach me how to use his psi powers, that would be. I'm a big Earthbound fan. And that's kind of the whole thematic idea of Earthbound. So how is... you use the psi powers he teaches you is you get a tumor, a cancerous tumor. And <laughs> okay. As it, and as it spreads through your body, you get more powerful. Oh, okay, great. But I'm closer to death. Yes. But that, I mean, with great power comes big death. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man and always you guys get to your giant robot together. Yes, yes, yes. So for yours, Tyler. I'm what... in the Kwoon combat room. You are in. You step inside the Kwoon combat room <laughs> dedicated to James Kwoon. <laughs> 
uh, Tyler comes in. What he's got is he's got a sledgehammer in each hand. Oh, yeah. And he's holding them out, and he's just spinning, baby. Oh, doing them up and down so you can't approach him from any angle. And he's coming towards you. He's just a fucking sledgy tornado. He's just swinging his arms, and if I get in the way, that's on that's me. That's your fucking problem. He's going to destroy the Coon combat room come hell or high water because he and James Coon had a fucking falling out over who ate the last scotch egg. All right. <laughs> Here comes Jimmy. Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy boy. Um, he is like precision. He has a whip, and he can fucking whip a fly out of the air. Uh, so he wants to just fucking. Here's what he does. He fucking wants to intimidate you. So he whips a hair out of each of your nostrils, and he's like just like the Ooh, most whips, precise. Whips a fighter. tooth out of tooth off my top and bottom jaw. Exactly. And then he actually switches their positions. <laughs> it's wild. He puts his teeth in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah that's his whole thing his you, he grins at you and he's got so many different sizes he slowly swaps body parts with you over the force until you've switched bodies entirely ed uh ed is just sitting on a bunch of barrels in the back of the room with his hat pulled down <laughs> and as soon as you come in the queen combat room he just picks up his revolver and uh me shoots the shit out of you so he's a gotcha he's, hey motherfucker uh kev um you, like, try to approach Kev, and he turns into a mist cloud. <laughs> I infiltrates your body, uh, and then after he, like, you breathe him in, you, like, shake a little bit, and then you explode like a Mortal Kombat fatality. Uh, so he just fucking gets inside you with his mist. So I gotta say, I think probably Tyler. Really? Mr. Yeah. Sledge? Mr. Sledge. Okay, he's, Peter Gabriel himself. He's doing it. He's Sledge! He's doing really well. Like, I feel like this is this is for me. Like, I can work with that. Okay. Great. I think like Jim would take too much, take too much, take too too much control. He wanted his way. Yeah. I don't vibe with that. Sure. I don't like to be micromanaged. Sure. Ed, I don't like guns. I just don't like him. He's sure. Gonna, he's gonna pistol. No, get out of my house. Okay. You're not cooning with me. Yeah. You're not cooning with anyone. Kev. Just seems like a cheap, cheap trick. Sure. So the way you get your sledgehammers is you grow a big tumor inside you. <laughs> So you will die very soon, but now you have two sledgehammers. Uh, and then when they when they remove it, you grow another giant tumor. That's right. And then the tumors harden Just to like sledge-like consistency. The movie Old, when she got the tumor. Oh, I never saw Old. Is that fucking the fucking shit, M. Night Shyamalan bad movie? movie? Yeah. It sucked. All right. Well, I hope we answered your question, Quoon. <laughs> oh, Evie. Evie, baby. How are you so funny all the time? What did you... Were you an ugly, stupid child? <laughs> No, I was actually, I mean, I got bullied and made fun of a lot because I was weird. Okay. I think I was not particularly attractive or unattractive or stupid or unstupid. Okay. Is that where you developed your humor? Because you got made fun of? No. I was fat, so I had to be funny. Mm, yeah. I bet you did. <laughs> Great. Where did uh, you develop your, oh, never mind, you answered the question. Fat boy slim. That's a joke. Oh, funny. I like it. You did the Michelangelo diet, and with a human metabolism, it didn't work out as well. For That's right. Michelangelo. Say knock, knock. Knock, knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> Michelangelo? Michelangelo who? Michelangelo. Boo! <laughs> you got spooked by a ghost. That was a good one. I'm a ghost. I'm not the Ninja Turtle or the actor. I'm the ghost of Michelangelo, the Renaissance painter. Okay. I did the Sistine Chapel, and I'm painting a ghostly one on your roof right now, but That's... you can't see it. Only other ghosts can, so there's lots of ghosts in your house now because everyone's going to come visit it. <laughs> no! Stop them. Erase it. You can't. Can I have a ghost eraser? Nope. Okay. 
<laughs> well, thanks for making it. doesn't erase arts. It just erase ghosts, and that's murder. Oh, okay. And you go to ghost court for that. Why and you know how the rights of the dead trump the rights <laughs> of the living in ghost court. Why don't they call guns human erasers? <laughs> that would be nice. Ed just the whips I think the, gun, his... I think the gun lobby would be against calling it a yeah, human Yeah, that's eraser. probably true. Let's play ghost court again sometime. Yeah, that was fun. I had a really good time. I'm Saker. I'm Evan. And we'll see you again in one week. week.